It's language about language. It's him about him. It's praise about praise. It's creation commenting on creation. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. I'm Helena Martin. We bring you into the halls of Yale Divinity School to overhear two of our faculty chatting about a biblical text. We ask them to share their impressions of one of the Revised Common Lectionary readings for their coming Sunday, and hopefully that will spark some insight for your preaching, teaching, or reading this week. This episode, we have Senior Lecturer Eric Raymond and Joel Baden, Professor of Hebrew Bible and Director of the Center for Continuing Education. They're discussing Psalm 148, which is appointed for the fifth Sunday of Easter in Year C. The text is read for you by student Julian Sieber. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. The thing that strikes strikes me when we're reading this psalm is the long list of items that are isolated beginning with the sun and the the moon, the stars, this long list of items that are created, almost like a laundry list of created things that are to praise God and God's name. The way that it's structured, moving from the, the heights down to the depths, from the angels and the host of heaven, stars and sun, down in verse 7 to the dragons and watery monsters and depths in uh, verse 7. It seems to be this all-encompassing kind of list of, of items in the world, created things. And the individual verses are sometimes structured in a way to include the whole gamut of things. So, for example, the uh, the pairs in verse 10, from the wild beasts and every animal, and then to the, in Hebrew, the remis, the creeping things, and the birds of the air, the animals that are on the land, 
and things that are creeping and flying around like insects and birds. It's very much, uh, it seems like a very comprehensive list, right? I remember looking at this and, 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 and thinking to myself, it's it's almost it's almost thesaurus like. I mean, it's encyclopedic. I guess it's not just things that we imagine might actually offer praise, like angels and the host of heaven, or even even the sun and the moon and the stars, which are sometimes animated in the Bible in ways you know they can be witnesses and they can they can see things and and hear things. Uh, not just sea monsters, not just people. But also, you know, right in the middle there, mountains and hills, fruit trees, right? Um, even even better, I think, in, in, in verse 8, snow, snow and frost are, are, are invoked here. So, you know, these are all things that are called on to, to offer praise, but aren't, you know, even in sort of like our widest you know, sort of metaphorical imagination, aren't things that we can, we, we don't tend to sort of personify snow, Right. The Bible certainly doesn't tend to personify snow or frost or even fire and hail. Almost everything else in the list, maybe. But we've really we've sort of gone beyond the bounds of what, what feels normal in terms of the metaphorical language here. So how do we understand, you know, a call to frost or hail to to praise God? What is that? What does that mean? Even it seems in my mind, it seems like it's it's. The idea is that by just being what they are, they're manifesting their praise as uh, as they were created. The passage with the statute, which will not pass away, the hook or the law, the order of the created universe is manifesting its praise of God by working. Yeah. Right? So it's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, it, it's like a hymn about hymns, in a, in a sense, right? It's uh, you know the kind of creation language you see here is very typical of you know a hymnic psalm, right? We're praising God, right? The hymn itself praises God, and creation language is so often a part of that because what could be more praiseworthy or more an example of God's power than having created everything? So you know the invocation of creation language is absolutely you know part of this uh, this sort of hymnic setting for the thing. But then the call to praise is, as you said, embodied in the created things themselves, right? Uh, and, and you can see here even, I, mean, I think you can see very clearly, uh, explicit callback to Genesis 1 uh, with the language of the sun and the moon and the stars and the, and the waters above the heavens, right? That's Genesis 1's cosmology uh, is is that kind of uh, the kind of the waters above the heavens you can see that same thing in verse 10 which you were just talking about the wild animals and the domestic animals and the creeping things and the flying birds those are the categories of Genesis 1's creation story mm-hmm. but it, it's sort of intermingled with a more traditional psalmic uh, language right the establishing of things forever the calling to praise right Not, that, that would all be very foreign to Genesis 1 but so here, we, you know, we sort of see the that that Genesis one creation language being utilized in in a new way. In Genesis one, the created world, God says it's good. It doesn't talk back. Right? It says this, this is almost the, this is almost the call to you know those things that were created at the beginning to you know again as you say, but simply by existing, but to give the love back as as it were. Sure. 
as though as though reflecting reflecting the the role of humans as well right in worshiping that they are created but then they they can also express their praise back to god for me another aspect of it is the the emphasis on on language itself in the sense that you know it's it's in verse 5 he commanded and they were created it's through verbal communication that this happens and it's which a, which again is 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 a genesis 1 right creation genesis, via the word kind of idea exactly but here it's sort of paired with the verbal expression of creation right so on the one hand god creates through language but his praise what he gets back is also language as i said it's like a hymn about hymns but it's it's a it's a meta hymn right it's mm-hmm. It's a hymn that is calling on creation to offer a hymn. <laughs> right. And and in a sense, by being language, it's language about language. It's hymn about hymn. It's praise about praise. It's creation commenting on creation is, is what's being called for here. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's that's very nicely and, and, and sort of subtly done. It was one of the things that I think we both noticed when we were when we were reading this, and I think you and I both sort of just tend to look for these kinds of things in texts that we're reading, is a pairing of uh, of linguistic and structural binding, right? Where where are places that this poem is 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 working sort of poetically? And one of the places that I think we both we both saw it was the psalm opens on high, place of the Lord from the heavens in the heights, the angels, right? So we have all this language of. Uh, heightened heightened language haha as it were with the with the poetry here and then as you said it descends but it then it then comes back right because at the end in in verses 13 and 14 let them that is all of the invoked uh, uh, creatures and, and and items let them praise the name of the lord for his name alone is exalted Exalted has is, is the same language as the same word as heights mm-hmm. in in verse one. His glory is above earth and heaven, right? So we, we're coming back the the praise you now going back up to the heights, and the language takes us back up to where we started, uh, including the phrase "He has raised up a horn for his people." Uh, Eric, well, it, it's what does that mean? <laughs> He has raised the horn of his people, referring the horn is a typical metaphor for power. And it's associated, I suppose, with the the bull, which has horns, but is used in a variety of different contexts to mean to mean essentially power. It's such a non-obvious metaphor, I think, for us, though it's a yeah. relatively common biblical one. Right? God will cut down the horns of the people when they have been bad. And essentially, the raising of a horn, this is just, it's growing, right? There's, when you, if you cut down the horn when they're bad, what do you do when they're good? You grow, you grow, grow, their, horn, you grow their horn, right? This is what this means. It's, it's, they, it's extending, really. It's, it's raising, heightening. It's making more powerful. But again, it's, it's a nice metaphor here precisely because it uses the language of height, of, uh, um, again, pairing back, uh, back to the beginning. As, as well as animal imagery of the, of the horn of the beast, right? That's right. You know, for a, a psalm that upon first glance looks kind of just like, kind of like a laundry list of stuff, you know, again, sort of like, hey, here's, you know, some standard, here's some standard pairs of things, mountains and hills. Young men and women, 
right? Old and young, heavens and sun and moon and stars. You know, it, it's a li- it feels a little bit banal at first. Mm-hmm. But one of the nice things about trying to, you know, read and look for things like structure and language is, you know, it, it gives you a far better shape to the thing. And, and I think in this case, almost redeems a text that in many ways could otherwise be sort of just passed by. Thanks for listening. If you want to be in touch with us, visit galebiblestudy.org and click the contact tab. That site also has more Bible study resources, and you can read the show notes or the transcript from this episode and find all of our past episodes. That's galebiblestudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is produced by Joel Baden, Kelly Morrissey, and me, Helena Martin. Aiden Stoddard is our editorial and production assistant, and our theme music is by Calvin Linderman. Thanks, as always, to the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. And thank you, Professors Baden and Raymond, for joining us again this week. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.